Check, check. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Hello? Hello. Hello. Goodbye. There's some big voice behind me. You better behave. I'm watching. Test. Test one, two. Test Jason. Test one, two. Run, Forrest, run. Good morning. Uh, this is Frank, and this is our ministry director team, our 412 team, and we're so glad to see you guys this morning. We got an empty house here at the church building, but we're delighted that you're joining us in the midst of this chaotic time that we've got going on in our society. We're so glad that we could have the opportunity to uh, just have some family time and to be a blessing to your life and to help us remember the important things of God as we're in the midst of all these challenges and struggles. And everybody's awake this morning. Everybody's doing good. All right. They're fantastic. What an amazing team we have. Let the church say amen. Amen, amen. amen. Hey, we're going to start with uh, just some information. 
Uh, I want to get started with uh, letting you know about some developments and such. And uh, you've heard, hopefully by now, uh, that we've been in contact with Eagle Mountain Saginaw School District about how we might be able to help them. Nancy's been leading the charge on uh, how to help. And so, Nancy, we want to have a little chat about uh, what's going on. What's, what's happening? What do you know? Sure. So I have been talking with the uh, gentleman that's in charge of the children's nutrition uh, in the school district. And he told me yesterday that there's 21,000 children uh, in Eagle Mountain Saginaw, and 45% of them are on the free food program. Now, I might not so. be the greatest mathematician in the world, but that means almost half. Almost half. Right? So that is a huge amount of children that rely on the community to help them. So one way Lighthouse helps currently is the backpack program, where we help uh, supply backpacks of food on Fridays for the children to have food over the weekend, since they're not at the school to get the free um, food that they right. offer. So the school districts are having um, five locations. Um, in Eagle Mountain where they're serving breakfast and they're serving lunch for the next two weeks since school's out. It's going to be a drive-by system. So, and you, there are five locations, and how many, how many days a week are they doing that? Every day. Every day starting Tuesday. Five days a week. Okay. Five days a week. They're not doing it tomorrow, but after that they're doing it all the rest of the week and all the next week. Okay. Um, so the children will be able to drive by, pick up a sack lunch, and drive through. No children are allowed inside the school at that time. Um, but what they're asking the community and churches to do is to help provide meals for the families dinner time and for the adults. Uh, they're only going to be serving children from 18 and under. So uh, there's a huge need out there for us to help with this uh, problem that we have. So what they're asking us to do is to provide food for the families in um, meal form, like uh, to go buy spaghetti and spaghetti sauce, um, beans and rice, macaroni and cheese, boxed meals, uh, anything that helps make it convenient and easy for these families to be able to provide food for their families. So we're not talking about actually cooking it. We're talking about giving the ingredients to make it giving happen. Giving it okay. to them in a box, non-perishable items in, right. in bags. So um, I've, met, I've talked to this gentleman, and what he's asked us to do is to collect the food as much as we can and then to bring it to him um, during the week at whatever school they're finding at that point is having the most need. Okay, so how are we going to collect the food? So we're asking for our congregation to uh, go shopping. That's, I know that's a challenge, but we're going to ask you to try to go shopping. Buy these items. There is a list on our website and on our app um, where you can see what items are needed. Put them in individual bags because as these families drive through to get their lunches, they're going to also stick in a bag for a meal. So are you talking about like if I'm going to do spaghetti and sauce, put the spaghetti and the sauce in a bag like a grocery bag? Like a grocery sack, okay. yep. And then they're going to put them in the car as they drive through. So uh, Lighthouse would like you to bring the bags to the church, um, put everything in the foyer. You can do our little drive through in the front of the building. Um, come in, drop off your sack in the front of the building in the foyer, and then I will take them to the school. I'll be in touch with the schools to find out daily where the need is most, and then we'll take those bags to them daily. Okay, have we decided, are we going to do that all week long, or how, how, are we how many days are we going to do that? Just starting tomorrow? We'll start tomorrow with collections, and let's just keep it rolling and see what we got. The, okay. There's there's over 10,000 families and children that need to be fed, so this is a huge, huge undertaking. Big, so, big need. Yeah, big, big need. So, um, 
Any other questions that I think I forgot to no, say? No, uh, we praise God for you and for making that connection and getting it rolling. And uh, it is a great need for our community, and this is something that we can do to help. Uh, I was in the store yesterday and with some of the crazy people, and, uh, you know, but there was, they were restocking things and everything. So, you know, there's, there's stuff that's coming back to the shelves. Yeah, you'll just have to keep being um, active and keep trying, I guess, to get the food. Because I tried yesterday as well, and... A lot of the prepackaged stuff was already gone, so hopefully it, that's what people are buying it for. Yeah. But anyway, just just to be proactive and just keep trying and helping us fill this need would be awesome. great. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. All Thank right, you. we've got some other folks that are going to do uh, make yes, us aware. Are you next? Yes, yes sir. It's All my right. Turn. Um, yeah. So uh, we've already announced. I think you saw in Frank's email that uh, LCA is going to be closed for the next two weeks, just like uh, the public schools are. We're trying to follow the health department recommendations on that. So just be mindful of that. But also here at the church building, what we're thinking is at least for this next week, and we'll make a determination at the end of this week uh, for what will happen this next weekend and following is, but at least for this week, we're suspending all of our activities here at the building. So if you have a life group or a meeting that is scheduled to take place, we're asking that it not take place so that we can just be safe and be extremely cautious. And, and even if you have a life group that meets in a home and not at a building, we're, we're asking you to, to, again, be safe, be extra cautious, and just suspend that for this week. And then we'll see how things go toward the end of this week and uh, make a recommendation later. Perfect. Thank you, Dan. Bobby, you're up. I am. Thank you, Dan. Um, thank you, Frank. We are going to be here this week uh, during our normal office hours, so we are, you're welcome to drop off those items like Nancy and Frank were talking about. Uh, but also, we want you to be the eyes and ears in the community of people that might have additional needs. If you find out that's a, an elderly family that needs some additional food, our caregivers have talked about uh, being able to take prepared meals over to those, especially our church family. Let's check on those, uh, make those phone calls, reach out, uh, and, and communicate that to them that we're available to help by calling the church office because this group up here will be here in the offices all week uh, to help take care of that. Uh, and then another item I just want to remind you of is because we are not in uh, presence here to take up an offering, uh, we may have some financial struggles as we try to do this ministry that's going on. Uh, and so I'm asking you to, to spend some extra effort to go to our website or go into the app and go into our online giving system to, to make a donation to help support these great things that we're trying to do to help in, in this time of need. So uh, don't forget your giving. Uh, if you need help using that app or going online, just give me a call and I'll talk you through that. Uh, we have lots of people that can help you with some of that technology kinds of things. We have lots of cool people like uh, Jason who helps with technology kinds of things. So Jason, what's our technology today? Uh, te technology today. Uh, that's this little series that I'm doing right here. Um, uh, actually, I'm on my phone because I'm making sure we're doing Facebook Live today. So everybody who's watching on Facebook, thank you guys for watching. Um, and again, I, I made a comment for them to tell me something funny to say on stage. I'm still, um, don't get down with the sickness. <laughs> Stephen Hunnall says, don't get down with the sickness. Uh, that's funny. Uh, anyway, <laughs> um, so those of you who are watching, thank you very much. Obviously, this is a, a, a completely different thing. Here, it's, it's awkward for you guys, it's awkward for us, but we're, ha we're owning it and we're having fun with it. So there are a few things. You know, when you guys come in, we, we harp on the Connect card, how important it is for you guys to fill those out for us. We really need to know um, who's watching and, um, and, and who's with us today. So there's a couple ways to do it. One, there's, uh, the, when you logged on to uh, the, 
one of our streaming sites, it's, it pops up and asks you to fill out a Connect card. Click that, fill it out, put your information in there. Uh, you can do it on the app. There's a thing right there at the top, Connect card. Fill that out with, with all the information of who all's watching. Um, and then if you're watching on Facebook and, and you've, you don't know who we are, uh, put, put your name in the comment box and just tell us who you are and, and where you're watching from or something. Um, we, we would love that. Um, so there was Connect card. Oh, and on, on that Connect card, there's also a prayer request thing on the back. Like, that's hugely important right now, too, um, with everything going on. So put somebody's name in there. Put something in there that, that we can pray about because uh, with nobody in here, we don't have anything else to do. So um, we can at least pray, pray for you guys here. So uh, put that in. And if nothing else, um, put on Facebook Live there. Tell us something funny that you've experienced um, or scary uh, throughout this uh, craziness at the grocery stores. Um, real quick, I ran into Kat McKenzie, our very own, uh, at Lowe's uh, a couple of days ago, and she told me that she had, when she had gone into Walmart to grab something, and there just happened to be like this one pack of toilet paper left, and so she grabbed it, and at the cash register, they told her, okay, just wait one second, and we'll have somebody walk to your car with you. And she was like, no, I, I think I'm fine. And they're like, no, we'll, we'll escort you. We've, we've had some incidents uh, wow. in, the, in the parking lot. So um, if you've experienced anything silly like that, let us know in the comments. That'd be great. Uh, so thank you guys for joining us. Please fill out a Connect card and let us know uh, how we can pray for you. Awesome. Yep. Well, good morning. I think it's my turn. Angie, it's your turn. Yes, it is my turn. So this is the time in our uh, service or what we're doing here for our kiddos. We don't want to forget about our kids. So families, if you're sitting here watching and you have children at home, why don't you go grab them right now because we have a little segment for them. I'll just wait just a few minutes. Hopefully your children are awake already and they're already driving you crazy, maybe. I don't know. But uh, this is a part in the service for them. Um, for our little guys from our preschoolers all the way up to um, our fours, we have been learning about follow the leader, our leader in Christ. And so our memory verse that our kids have been learning, is it goes like this. Everybody, you going to do it with me? You guys ready? Here we go. Come, Come follow, follow me, me. Jesus, Jesus said. said. See, you guys are so good. You follow a leader very well. For our older children, they have been learning about forgiveness and how it is so important that they do it. And their series is called DIY, Do It Yourself, because only you can forgive. And that is deciding that someone who has wronged you doesn't have to pay the price, mm. right? Yeah, all right. That comes out of Colossians 3.13. So be sure to um, look over these verses with your children this week and talk to them because it sounds like you're going to have a lot of time on your hands. Um, we also have a link um, to Orange. That is our curriculum. You can go to this website and check it out, and you'll be able to see the videos with your kids today. So as soon as we are done here, um, go check out those videos, and um, that will at least keep them busy for a little bit. Is that going to be up on the website? or That will okay. also be on our website, and that is also... Um, Jason uh, just told me that is also on our app. So if you go to our children's link on the app, you will be able to find this. In case they don't have something handy, they can write it down right now, right? Yeah, you don't have to write it down right now. Okay. You'll be able to find it on the website or it's, the app. It's not on the website yet. It's on, oh, the, it's I apologize. on the app. Yeah. It's on so, the app. Yep, okay. Got to get the go app. Go to the app. All right, go to the app. Download the app. All right, well, uh, that's the news for the moment. Uh, let's uh, bow our heads and our hearts for a moment of prayer. Will you bow with me, please? God, we're so grateful for today and for the opportunity to share this time with our family. 
Lord, we know that there's a lot of anxiety and uh, chaos around us, and we have come to this place today uh, joining with our family to remember that you are the, the king of order, uh, that you are the one that provides direction and peace and calm in the midst of any kind of chaos in our lives. So God, as we continue our time to share this morning, I pray that you would just bless us and uh, continue to lead us by the power and inspiration of your Holy Spirit. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. There once was a town high in the mountains that straddled the banks of a beautiful stream. The stream was fed by springs that were old as the earth and deep as the sea. The water was clear like crystal. Children laughed and played beside it. Swans and ducks swam on it. You could see the rocks and the sand because the water was so fresh. High in the hills, far beyond anyone's sight, lived a man who served as the keeper of the springs. He had been hired a long time ago, and no one could remember a time when he wasn't there. He would travel from one spring to another in the hills, removing branches or fallen leaves or debris that might pollute the water. But his work was unseen. One year, the town council decided they had better things to do with their money. No one supervised the man anyway. They had roads to repair and taxes to collect and services to offer, and giving money to an unseen stream cleaner had become a luxury they could no longer afford. So the old man left his post. High in the mountains, the springs went untended. Twigs and branches and worse muddied the liquid flow. Mud and silt compacted the creek bed. Farm wastes turned parts of the stream into stagnant bogs. For a time, no one in the village noticed. But after a while, the water was not the same. It began to look brackish. The swans flew away to live elsewhere. The water no longer had a crisp scent that drew children to play by it. Some people in the town began to grow ill. All noticed the loss of sparkling beauty that used to flow between the banks of the streams that fed the town. The life of the village depended on the stream, and the life of the stream depended on the keeper. The city council reconvened, the money was found, the man was rehired. After yet another time, the springs were cleaned, the stream was pure, children played again on its banks, illness was replaced by health, the swans came home, and the village came back to life. The life of a village depended on the health of the stream. The stream is the soul, and you are the keeper. stream is the soul, and you are the keeper. This uh, message series that we've called Soul Keeping is an opportunity for us to think about our souls. And let me make the comment as I begin that this message series is really about us dealing with life. And when we're in the midst of the chaos like we're in right now, how critical it is for us to tend to the needs of the soul. So in the first week, we looked at what is the soul, and uh, we uh, invited you to think about how uh, John Orberg reminds us that there's really four pieces of us, and we have 
uh, image here that we're going to throw up that uh, reminds us about those four pieces. There's the will and the mind and the body and the soul. And the soul's job is to integrate the other pieces together so that there's harmony in our lives, so that there's peace within us. Last week, we looked at the struggle of the soul, and the struggle of the soul has everything to do with the connection that we have with God. If we believe that our soul was given to us by God and it's thirsting for God, the only way for that thirst to be satiated is for our souls to be directed to the one who made us, to reconnect us to our mighty, mighty God. So today we turn our attention to what the soul needs. And I want to begin as I talk about what the soul needs with a picture of our granddaughter, Ariella. Uh, This is an image of her when she was about a week old. And go ahead at your home and everybody go, ah, come on, guys. There's a a few of us here. Ah, yeah. This is uh, Ariella. And uh, one of the things I know about babies is that they are bundles of joy. But they are bundles of a lot of other things as well. They are bundles of great, great need. In fact, we know that a baby, if it's unattended, doesn't have the ability to survive. They need you. They need your you as a parent to be able to help them be nurtured along the way. They are incredibly needy, little bundles are, for food, for diaper changes, for cuddling. And when they are not happy, their little voice boxes make it clear to us that they are not happy and that we must attend to their needs. And sometimes we don't tend to their needs quickly enough. And when we do that, the voice boxes get even louder. Think of your soul as though it were a baby. And you get an idea of what your and my soul needs. It craves. Our souls crave. Your will is a form of energy. You can drive and stretch and push the will. The mind thinks and feels, and you direct its attention so that you can focus and study for that test at school. The body is a little generator, and you can exercise it and strengthen it and force it to run miles and miles and miles. But the soul needs. It's like the king on a chessboard. It has the most limitations, the king does, and it can only move one square at a time. But if you lose your king, game over. Our souls are vulnerable because they are needy. And if you meet those needs with the wrong things, game over. If I were to ask you today, what do you want more of? Now, given what's going on, you might say, well, I need some more Cheerios, or I need some more flour, I need some more whatever. But really, if you were to look down inside and and ask yourself the question, what do I need more of? You might think, "I I want more time or I want more wisdom, or I want more beauty, or I want to watch more funny YouTube videos. I don't know what it is. And these are all signs. These needs are all signs of our needy souls. It's a soul crying out, saying, I can never get enough. And it's amazing to think about how our soul's infinite capacity to desire is the mirror image of God's infinite capacity to give. Is it possible, do you think, that the reason we feel like we never have enough is that God is not finished giving yet? That the unlimited neediness of the soul matches the unlimited grace of God? Our soul's problem, though, is not its neediness. It's our fallenness. Our need 
was meant to point us to God. But instead, we get fixated on other sources of devotion. And the Bible calls this idolatry. Remember from previous weeks how we looked at how our soul integrates those other parts and sin disintegrates? The disintegration is called idolatry, another way of speaking about it. Idolatry, sin, places other things above our relationship with God. And all of us watching, all of us commit idolatry every single day because we make choices that do not reflect our love for God. We do things that we know God would not want us to do, and yet we do them anyway. Think about these scenarios. Do you think about getting more money a lot? Winning the lottery? Getting some giant inheritance? And do you keep a list of what you might buy if you had that kind of money? Another scenario, do you wish you had more power and control over others, like your kids or that person at work? Do you have desires that you hide from your spouse? Do you have secrets that you're willing to lie to protect? If you ask your kids what is most important to you as a parent, what would your kids say are your priorities as a parent? If our soul is devoted to something that becomes more important to us than God, that is an idol. And the soul doesn't give up its idol by willpower. It doesn't happen that way. If you're an alcoholic, you might want to say, well, I'm going to stop drinking tomorrow. You might promise somebody, hey, I'm going to stop drinking. But it doesn't usually work that way because it's called addiction. Unless you discount what I'm saying because you're not addicted to alcohol, let me ask you today, what are you addicted to? Food? Shopping? Recreation? Hobbies? Pleasure? What are you addicted to? Idols turn us away from our freedom. And this is why God's grace is so important. Because we can't just replace our idol from turning away from it. We must turn toward something instead. There's only one thing that will satisfy the soul. And that's our great and amazing God. The psalmist said it this way in Psalm 1, verses 1 through 3. says, Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked, or stand around with sinners, or join in with mockers. But they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. Think about the needy baby. As a parent, you know there are needs to fill, and you do everything you can to fill them because you want the baby to grow. You want to nourish that baby. You want it to grow up to learn to be able to move and go and do on its own. And one of our problems is that we think the goal of every parent is to get our kids grown up enough to where they can go and manage life on their own. But when that happens, we're inclined to think that the goal of our lives is to provide for ourselves, to take care of our own needs and forget about everybody else. 
when we get beyond that stage where we can begin to feed ourselves and go to the bathroom on our own and put our own clothes on, it lulls us into thinking that we can be self-sufficient. Our souls won't grow until we acknowledge our basic neediness for God. Think about what's happened in the last three days. The president declares a national emergency Schools close, pro sports shut down, and as a result, there's panic in our society. You heard what Jason said a moment ago about Kat's experience at the Walmart. Craziness going on around us. It's all about people trying to fill that neediness that they think will be filled by getting that toilet paper or getting that case of water. People freaking out because they don't think they have enough. When the thing that is needed most is a dependence on God. The only place to find deep inner peace, deep rest, in spite of our circumstances, is God. Like the tree by the stream mentioned in the psalm, when you're drinking from the right stream, you're getting a steady dose of God which fills our neediness. With the realization of our basic neediness, the next thing we must recognize is that we are responsible for the condition of our own soul. If your soul is unhealthy, you can't call a doc to give you a prescription. You are the doc. And it's totally up to you to deal with your condition. Did you hear that? It's totally up to you to deal with the condition of your soul. And too often... We like to think that if we just spend more time in the Word or if we just pray a little bit more, we'd be fine. Like the Bible reading and praying, but too often we think that, that prescription uh, is something that doesn't work out for us. We find ourselves needy in spite of it because we don't practice it like we should. So we think it's our own faults, our neediness. We get discouraged and a and adopt a, well, I guess I'm just a worthless piece of worm dirt kind of attitude. And this is something that the evil one loves to heap upon our heads. If you really loved Jesus, you'd spend five hours a day with him in the Bible. You'd spend another six hours with him today in prayer if you really loved Jesus. And then the evil one likes to dump on us, I guess you're so worthless that God could never use you for anything. It's just a big lie. In the book, Soul Keeping, Ortberg's mentor, Dallas Willard, helps us understand that if we think our devotional time is all that is necessary to feed our souls, we are wrong. We must begin to use our minds and our wills to order our days around a conversation with God that all of our days should be ordered around our walk with Jesus. Most of us are pretty good at compartmentalizing. And you know what compartmentalizing is. It means we deal with one thing and then we deal with another thing. For many of us, we show up to worship because we're wanting to connect with God. So we say subconsciously, okay, i got to get up and go to worship this morning to have some hang time with my church family and go talk to God a little bit. Then we go on our way. We go out into our day and we think what we, we've done what we needed to do. And we wonder why our lives still fill feel incomplete, unfulfilled. And this is because we think that we can compartmentalize our relationship with God to our quiet times, 
to our life groups. When we're thinking this way, it's, it's bad thinking. Remember what I said in the first week from Romans 12, 2? It says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Instead, we need to make our lives as a daily walk, a daily conversation with Jesus. When we do this, we find our joy, our contentment, our attitudes filled with possibility, all because we are seeking to walk with God. In the midst of the chaos that's going on around us, have you spent some time with God? Have you spent some time talking with God to begin that conversation? Do you realize that the conversation with God is the most important conversation you could have with your life every single day? The goal for all of us should be to change our own perspective, to use our minds, our wills, our bodies, to turn them toward a relationship with God. Haven't you thought more about your life and the lives of your family in the last three days more than, well, I don't know, maybe ever because of the chaos that is swirling around us. And this effort to see our lives as a journey with God is not somebody else's job. It's not our spouse's job. It's not a pastor's job. It's not your friend's job. It's not your life group leader's job or your life group's job. It's your job to see your life as a journey with Jesus. This is how Paul said it in Philippians 4, 11 and 12. He said, I'm not saying this because I need anything, for I have learned how to be content in any circumstance. And I might parenthetically add, even when coronavirus came through here, I know the experience of being in need, Paul said, and of having more than enough. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every circumstance, whether full or hungry, or whether having plenty or being poor. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. I hope you hear that today. You can do everything through Christ who gives you strength. That's the secret of the journey, making every day a walk with Jesus. Remember, the stream is your soul. You are the keeper. Now, you understand that there are consequences to ignoring our souls. In fact, everybody watching this morning knows about the law of consequences. If you're driving down the road and you're going over the speed limit, the law of consequences says that you earn yourself the right to get that ticket. And you may have a great excuse that you want to give to the police officer, but in spite of it all, you've earned the right because you're the one that made the decision to speed. But there are plenty of other consequences that we struggle with, like I can spend without getting into debt, or I can lie without getting caught, or I can let my temper loose without damaging any relationship, or I can have a bad attitude at work and get away with it, or I can avoid disciplining my children without their getting spoiled. Or I can neglect the Bible and still know God. And all of these excuses are just more evidence of our souls being compromised, of our souls being so needy. When Paul was asking the early churches to join him 
in providing an offering to the church in Jerusalem because it was struggling, listen to what he said. In 2 Corinthians 9, 6, what I mean is this. The one who sows a small number of seeds will also reap a small crop. And the one who sows a generous amount of seeds will also reap a generous crop. Now, you understand this is not rocket science. It's a principle that everybody knows. Even people in our society who don't know anything about the Bible know that old phrase, you reap what you sow. A farmer knows it. A financial advisor knows it. It's the law of consequences. And ignoring our souls has consequences. The video that you saw at the beginning of the message this morning says, the stream is your soul and you are its keeper. If you don't tend to your soul, it's like the life-giving stream becoming choked with debris. Who is responsible to get the stream cleaned of debris? It's not my job to clean your stream, your job to clean my stream. It's our job to clean our own streams. It's our stream. It's our responsibility. We are lulled into thinking, I'll be happy if I just have more money. And I know there's plenty of people out there right now that are absolutely going nuts because of what happened in the stock market. If I just had some more money, boy, I would really be happy. Or if I could upgrade to a nicer car, I would be so happy then. Or if I could just get more applause in my life of people thinking how great I am. Or if I could just have more sexual gratification. Or you fill in the blank. If the stock market would just go the other direction and keep going crazy, then I would be happy. We are drawn to the shiny and bright and new. The kicker in this is that we always take the most care of that which we value most deeply. What are the five things that you value most deeply? Think about that for a moment. If you were to give yourself a list, even while I'm talking right now, what are the five things that you value most deeply? And then let me ask you a second question, which is, is your soul on the list? In a nutshell, this series is about choosing every day to put your soul, number one, on your list. And making it number one on your list has to do with what I've already said. And it begins with acknowledging a basic neediness that we have for God. And it gets challenging because our outer world is visible and measurable and easier to deal with these things that we see around us, they demand our attention. And the result of it is very often that our inner world, our inner life, our private world is cheated. It's neglected because it doesn't yell at us like other things that we see around us. It just leaves us with this feeling of emptiness. Making our souls the number one priority of our lives provides the focus we need to make it happen. Without focus... A soul has a hard time making a decision. Perhaps you remember last week I talked about what James said about how people can be double-minded and how that, that word really is about being split-souled, double-souled, torn two directions. James reminds us that if we are double-minded, there's no focus in our lives. And without that focus, we find it hard to make decisions. Without focus, a soul 
needs constantly, uh, it feels constantly vulnerable to people or circumstances. The great prophet Elijah, you remember him? He was terrified by Jezebel, the wife of the king, who was plotting to kill him, who was trying to chase him down to kill him. He ran. And when he became exhausted from his running, God provided for him, provided rest for him, provided food for him. And God found Elijah in that cave. And Elijah in the cave found the still, small voice of God speaking to him. And when he listened to that voice, he regained his focus. And he was able to jump back into the fight for God, the false gods, battling against the false gods of his day. Without focus, we find ourselves vulnerable because we're disconnected. We also find ourselves short on patience without that focus. And without focus, the soul gets its identity from external things. We're tempted to let those external things define us. It's like I said already, without focus, we find ourselves chasing after idols. A simple way to guard your soul is to keep its focus on your daily life and to ask yourself this question. Will this situation that's in front of me right now block my soul's connection to God? Here's a picture of our dog, Trinity. And one of the things that we all love about dogs is that they love us no matter what. Trinity is so smart and fun and playful. And every time I come home, she throws a party for me to remind me of how much she's missed me. Surely you've heard the prayer that someone said years ago, Lord, help me be the person my dog thinks I am. And one of the things that we learn from dogs is that they live in the now because they don't understand time. And the world as it exists is simply the world the dog is in at that particular moment. Dogs don't wrestle with what's coming tomorrow or next week. And they don't care much about what happened yesterday because today is all that matters. For the soul to flourish, for it to nurture us, to help us find balance, it must also have an awareness of the future. When Israel was destroyed by Babylon in 586 B.C., the Babylonians were the most powerful nation the world had ever known. Isaiah spoke this to remind the dispersed nation of something they should have remembered. Isaiah 40, verses 6 through 8, reads, A voice said, Shout! I asked, What should I shout? Shout that people are like the grass. Their beauty fades as quickly as the flowers in a field. The grass withers and the flowers fade beneath the breath of the Lord. And so it is with people. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of our God stands forever. We are like flowers. We are like the grass. But God stands forever. The Babylonians knew their empire would never end, but the Babylonian empire did. Sometime later, the Romans would be in the same position, believing that their kingdom would go on forever. It it lasted for about 500 years, but then it faded. How long will America last? We like to think we're different. And yet you don't have to look far to believe all flesh is grass. 
The fastest track athlete will no longer be the fastest in another year. The most beautiful supermodel in the world today won't make the cover of Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition in a few years either. All of us are like grass, and our souls need an awareness of its future. Ecclesiastes 3.11 says it this way, Yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. He has planted eternity in the human heart. But even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. It says that God has put eternity in our hearts. And this is where we are different from the grass. Grass doesn't know it's here today and gone tomorrow, but we do. We are built for eternity. We instinctively know that life does not end with the grave, and we have this hunger that this world cannot satisfy. As I've said already in the series, the soul is the one thing we will carry into eternity. God made us, God made you to last eternally. And depending on our choice to follow Jesus or not determines if we'll spend eternity with God or without God. Are you clear about that? Have you made that decision in your own life? The most important thing we can do in this life is get prepared for the life that is coming. Isaiah said, all flesh is like grass. The Gospel of John says that one day the flesh was the Word. He said, the Word became flesh. The Word, the eternal, became flesh, and like all flesh, it died. Jesus humbled himself, the Bible says, and took on the very nature of a servant. He was struck, but didn't strike back. He was hated, and he loved back. He was condemned, and he forgave back. The word became flesh. They whipped him. They nailed him to a cross, and he hung there till he died. All flesh is like grass. On the third day later, God brought his son back to life. Let the church say amen, because the soul needs eternity. These days have been so unsettling for all of us. And while I do not believe that God brought this virus into existence for some agenda that God has, I believe that this virus exists because of the sins of the world. We live in a broken world disconnected world, and because of the disconnected, all kinds of chaotic things happen around us. You and I need not to buy into the hysteria that is going on around us. We do not need to act like that little poem that you learned when you were a kid, that little story about Chicken Little running around saying, the sky is falling, the sky is falling. We do not know what tomorrow brings, but we know who holds tomorrow, and we should know who holds us, that God is the one that holds us. And with God's love and heart, we can make it through this, and we will make it through this to tomorrow. We must not be short-sighted people. The world needs Jesus now more than ever. It is my prayer for you and for all of us in our church that we would take seriously the importance of being people of hope, and displaying that hope in our attitudes, in our actions, and not buying into the despair and hysteria that is going on around us. We have Jesus 
in our hearts and in our souls. And if you do not have him there, it is my prayer that today you would get off the fence and make that decision that is the most important decision you could ever make in your entire life. Because we need a port in the storm. The port is the soul. It is where Jesus would lie if you have him in your heart. If your port is empty, today would be a great day to make the decision to become a follower of Jesus. Let's be people, Lighthouse, let's be people who are able to do what we're told in 1 Peter, that we're able to tell people about the hope that we have because of Jesus. Because you have a soul, and your neighbors have souls, and the people that you speak to on Facebook or through Instagram or through whatever channels you might speak to people, Help them know about the power of the hope of Jesus because everybody has a soul. Just like little Ariella, we have a soul, and our souls are needy. What are you filling it with? Your soul is the stream, and you are its keeper. How is it with your soul? How is it with your soul? Let's pray. Almighty God, in these uncertain days, we ask that the power of your Holy Spirit would lead us. Lord, we recognize that our souls are needy and that the thing that we need the most in order to experience peace in the midst of chaos is you, is a relationship that our souls long for, to be connected to you. God, we ask for your forgiveness for those times and places where we have so neglected our souls. And many of us today are recognizing the power of our neediness and the need for us to address our souls. May God bless us in these days. May God continue to lead us by the power of your Holy Spirit. And may you, Heavenly Father, nurture us and bring peace to our lives in the midst of the chaos. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. As Pastor Frank said, our souls are needy. But thanks be to God that everything our soul needs, we can find through Jesus Christ. We can find forgiveness and joy and strength and hope. And that, my friends, my soul knows very well. You make your face to shine on me and that my soul knows very well you lift me up I'm cleansed and free that my soul knows very well when mountains fall I'll stand by the
each day I find and that my soul knows very well. Forgiveness and hope each day are mine that my soul knows very well. When mountains fall, I'll stand by the power of your hand. And in your heart of hearts, I'll dwell. And that my soul knows Let the church say amen. amen. Thank you, Kelly. What a blessing and uh, how beautiful. What a great uh, reminder to us about our souls and the power of our souls to stand even when mountains fall. We praise God for the gift of our Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to end this morning with some time of prayer. Many of you know that the president has called our nation to pray today. Uh, we had planned this time already to do this, and so we're glad that the president is in agreement with us today here at Lighthouse. I want to remind you before we begin our closing prayer time that I've invited you uh, to join with us in a daily prayer time at 6 p.m. to set a prayer alarm, meaning just set an alarm on your phone at 6. And when, it, when your alarm goes off, you say, what am I supposed to do now? And you say, oh, I'm supposed to pray now. I want to invite you to pray about four specific things. Pray for those that are infected. Pray for healing for them. To pray, secondly, for the families who have lost loved ones to pray for local, state, and national leaders and first responders everywhere, and to pray that God would use us, all of us, to help the world know that Jesus is the hope of the world. We'll do that in the name of Jesus each day. Jason's going to lead us off on our prayer time, and uh, let's begin. Go ahead, Jason. Uh, I'm going to read from Second uh, Chronicles 7, uh, 14. If my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will hear their land. Let's pray. Dear Father, these are definitely unsettling times for all of us as uh, our society and our world deal, deal with this, this virus, this sickness, and, uh, and how it's impacting us. Um, God, we confess that way too often in our daily lives, we become so preoccupied and caught up with ourselves 
um, <clears throat> that uh, we tend to go, go about our days w- without you and without thinking of you, without being mindful of you. So, God, we call on, on your name today. Uh, we have come here to seek your face, to turn from our wicked ways, as the verse said, and receive the healing that our lives need and that our world needs uh, that you have promised. In Jesus' name. From Psalms 91, 1 and 2. For those who live in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I will trust him. Dear Father, we pray this passage over our families and over the nations of the world, that in the midst of this crisis, our world would understand the need to turn to you. And may you use us, God, to be instruments that would help people find the joy that we carry because of Christ. In Jesus' name. One seven says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. We pray against fear, fear of the unknown, fear of uncertainty, fear of what might happen, and especially fear of the future. God, we trust that our future is in you, and we are so grateful for the spirit that you have given us that is not fearful. God, but has given us power and love and a sound mind. We also ask that you would love on and care for our students during this time. In the name of your son, amen. And Lord, we continue our prayer. So thankful that you hear our words. And we lift up the leaders of this nation and of this world as they make decisions right now and do things to help protect us. So, God, help us to be good followers and good citizens. Bless the the national leaders, the state leaders, the local leaders. Bless our our teachers and our, our administrators in our schools. And, God, we we pray that this time uh, becomes a time for your glory and your grace and your love to shine through in the midst of all the fear and the turmoil that's out there, may your church rise to the occasion and show your light shining through us. May we speak words of love and grace and tenderness, and may we have the hands that serve. We pray this through Jesus. Dear God, we pray for those who are dealing with the illness directly, that you will heal their bodies. Just give them strength carry them through. Dear God, we also pray that this is a time of revival, that people recognize that they've been focusing on themselves for too long and that we need to turn to you. We need to turn to Jesus and his strength, his guidance to live our lives. Let this be a time of revival in the powerful name of Jesus. Father God, we, we come to you in such a need of time, Father. We ask that you be with our schools. 
at Lighthouse Christian Academy right here in our presence. We ask that you be with all the staff, with the teachers, and we ask that you be with the school districts that are, are local around us, Father, Eagle Mountain, Lake Worth, Azel, Fort Worth. We just need your encouragement, Father. This is a challenging time for these administrators, and we pray that you give them the strength and the encouragement that they need during this challenging time. It's in your name we pray. And Father God, we pray for our children. From youngest to oldest, Lord, I just pray that you would be with them during this time that is, can be confusing. They're not sure what's going on, what this virus is, why they're not going to school. But Lord, I just pray that you would be with their parents. Help give them a sense and spirit of calmness and assurance, Lord, that you are with them and walking with them during this. And that you are our leader and that we follow you and we have you in our hearts during this time and always, in Jesus' name. We want to thank you for being a part of this time today. We want to pray that as you go into your day, on your day, that you would go in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And that you would go with a clear sense that your soul needs God and God alone. May your load be lightened. May you remember that Jesus looked at us and said that you are the light of the world. May that light spread through our community and into this world that people might know that their only true hope in this life is Jesus Christ. May the people of God together say amen. Thanks, team, for being here this morning, and uh, thank you for joining us and for the privilege of having this time together. We give you praise. We praise God for Lighthouse and the things that God is doing in us and through us in his name. Have a blessed day. Thank you for being here. Bye-bye.